We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Settling the Score. Whether you are listening right here on Wildcat 91.9 or if you're on Spotify, the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever. Thank you all for tuning in once again, back with me for the second time now. It's been a few weeks, but please help me welcome Ryan Gilbert. Ryan, how are you? Doing good. How are you? Thank you so much for uh, having me on here. It's... It's it's getting better. I think that now that we're getting we're getting closer to that time when school's going to be getting back in session. I'll be back up in Manhattan. You'll be back up in Manhattan. Hopefully, sports will be back in the full swing of things. I think that that's really just kind of. I think as we've all kind of learned throughout this time is that you know sports is really just kind of the glue that holds everything together, and without it, everything just kind of falls apart. But I think I think we'll survive. We've done it so far, so yeah, why not now, right? <laughs> Let's just jump right into it with some new news that has come out in the Kansas State world for this first half of the show. Kansas State will be renewing and revamping their rivalry with, not necessarily rivalry, but they'll be getting back into it with Wichita State in basketball over the next couple seasons. That has not happened since 2003, the last time that they played each other. They'll be playing in a couple neutral site type games, one in Interest Bank Arena in 2021. Uh, the Wildcats will host the Shockers in 2022. The newly renamed T-Mobile Center in Kansas City in 2023. And then the series will wrap up back at Coke Arena in 2024. Ryan, what do you... I'm excited. I, I'm really excited to see, you know, these two teams go up against each other, but what are what are your initial thoughts when this came out? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited overall, too. Uh, you're getting some good competition in the non-con, so that's always a plus. I know some people are uh, a little upset, um, discouraged. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, they're not happy that we're giving up. We're only getting one home game, whereas there's two games in Wichita. I mean, yeah, that's not ideal, but that's, what, two and a half, three hours from the Little Apple to Wichita, so it's not too long of a drive. There's a big fan presence there, as well as Kansas City, which Sprint Center, i got to correct you on that. I don't think that name is ever ever going to change in my mind. It's always going to be Sprint Center. But, you know, it's I, I think I like it. I think it's good competition. Um, and, and certainly for me and you, you know, I was not really much aware of the history of this rivalry. Like you said, 2003 was the last time. So in, my, in our lifetime, it really hasn't been a thing. And uh, I think it's going to suck if slash when we lose Wichita State, to be quite honest, just because it's going to be a little embarrassing losing to a mid-major like that, but I mean, I mean, just ask a Kansas fan, you know, a couple years back in the NCAA tournament when they lost to them, so, I mean, it's, I think it's overall a good thing for K-State, I mean, you've, you've got to give yourself more um, exposure, more competition before conference play begins, you know, you've got your teams like Arkansas Pine Bluff or Georgia Southern, you know, whoever they are, that doesn't really help you at all. Um, when it comes March time and you're a bubble team like we saw K-State a few years ago and they were able, they were able to slip in, um, you know, with a win over Baylor and Kansas City. But, you know, if you don't have any notable games in the non-con, you know, you're not going to get the edge over those other teams who did have a tough schedule. So overall, I know Wichita State's not a Power 5 team. They're not as good as they used to be, for sure. Both these programs are indeed on, you know, a rebuilding mode, so to say. 
but overall, I think it's a good thing for the school, good competition, like I said, and I'm happy to watch, happy to, you know, just be a fan and watch some, some quality basketball in November and December. No, yeah, I agree. I think I think you do need that competition in the out-of-conference because then you, you really get to see what you're made of. I really think is ultimately what yeah. it comes down to. I remember it was a it was a few years ago. I think back when I was in high school, we took on uh, Gonzaga pretty early on yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. non-conference. And I think, you know, not that Wichita State and Gonzaga are comparable in any sense, but... You know, I do think I do think that you need to have that that challenge. I do like that, you know, only one of these games is in Manhattan. I think that's really going to show the toughness of this team. I think it's going to show where they're at mentally being on the road a ton. But yeah, I yeah, I I haven't really looked that much into it, but yeah, I think once we once we get closer to that time, I'm probably going to try and make it to at least 3 out of those 4 games for sure. Oh, yeah. And, the, I mean, Gonzaga's in Washington, so if we've got, you know, if this Wichita State game, you know, series were to be like that, where we've got, you know, a game in Spokane and a game in Seattle and then a game in Kansas City and then Princeton or whatever, if it was really unbalanced like that geographically, I think there's a lot of reason to be upset. But it's Wichita, Kansas. I mean, it's not much farther than Sprint or so. I think it's a really good comparison to make. I know you said there's not a lot similar, but they're mid-major teams – um, they've got a really good basketball program. Obviously, Gonzaga is a little better than Wichita State right now, but both really good teams. So I think you can be upset if it was farther away. But you know, like I said earlier, it's just good exposure and the proximity is what makes it a good series. Now, working with uh, 24-7 sports where, where you are right now doing a lot of writing and stuff like that, you know, you would you say that you're pretty well-versed in some of the new recruits coming in or at least targeting coming to Kansas State? Yeah, I mean, I was, part of my duties are basketball recruiting as well as the podcasting. So uh, I do my best, you know, to cover them and and talk to them, get their you know stories and and you know see where they're at in their recruitments. Uh, obviously, this recruiting class is it's Bruce Weber's best ever at Kansas State as far as the numbers go, um, at least at twenty four seven. So it's a top fifty class. I believe that's Bruce's first ever in Manhattan. Um, certainly, it's his best though. So, you know, obviously you got Kazuki, Nigel Pack, Selton Miguel, um, Davion Bradford, and Siri, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I'll ever get that one. <laughs> yeah, neither. Siri, Lewis. <laughs> um, those are the five. And then you got Carlton Lingard, Rudy Williams, and then you've got uh, uh, KOC Izagwu, if I can ever say that one as well, coming in. He'll be eligible as well. So, overall, it's, you know, the future is bright. And then, you know, for the coming years, you know, there's – there's not been anyone yet to sign, but there's numerous, you know, young athletes who have offers. Um, Belvis Noland, his son CJ Noland, is a young recruit who we're very hopeful to be picking up as a K State fan. Um, you know, with his dad being the former Wildcat, just got the in there, and you know, just there's a lot of optimism. I know we had a bad year last year. There's no question about that. Three and fifteen in the Big Twelve, eleven and twenty-one overall. It was bad. It was ugly. There's Yes, we know that. <laughs> but I think the future is bright. Um, you know, Bruce, and I, I don't want to be critical of him, but he kind of goes in cycles. You know, he had a really good start to his career in Manhattan, wins the Big 12, and then he kind of lost control of that team with Marcus Foster, and the torpedo goes down for a few years, and they come back up with, you know, a really good class with Dean Wade, Barry Brown, and Cam Stokes. They win a Big 12 again, and then they leave, and then things go back down. So I think last year was the bottom of that roller coaster. I think it's going to come right back up this year. 
Yeah, and that, and that was one of the things that, you know, I was really wanting to get into here. You know, who would you, you know, out of out of all those guys that you named, who would you say that, you know, Kansas State fans should be most excited to see come in, you know, and, and hopefully, hopefully turn this team around in the next few years? I'll go Nigel Pack. I think he's got a lot of talent at the point guard position. Uh, certainly anyone has a chance you know, to do anything. You know, With Levi Stocker gone, James Love gone, Nigel Shad gone, McCallum Ween gone, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for uh, Davion Bradford at the five spot. So we'll see what happens there. And I mean, we could talk about the whole, you know, it's going to be a frustrating young season to go back to this, you know, what I said earlier, because it's just going to be such a young and raw roster. Uh, I think Bradford's got a lot of potential, but he still is, he's very raw. And he needs to, you know, just fundamentally improve his game. And there's not a, it's not a knock on him at all. It's just how you are when you're a freshman. Um, I like the athleticism of Lewis and Miguel as well. And then Kazupi can come in and shoot the ball. So they all have stuff to offer. But I think I'll go with with Nigel Pack as, as the number one. You know, when you when you're coming down I seventy and you look at that billboard, um, once you're leaving Topeka, it's four years from now. Who are you going to see? I think it's going to be Nigel Pack. Speaking of some other younger players, moving towards the football state of mind now, two Wildcats have received award, you know, watch list and other nomination type stuff. Wyatt Hubert and Josh Youngblood, who I talked to in the past. Now, Wyatt Hubert was announced that he was put on the watch list for the Bednarik Award. Now, Wyatt Hubert, I think, is probably one of the most impressive younger players that I think I've ever gotten to see in person. I don't know how you feel about it. He is second in sacks in the Big 12. And, you know, just looking statistically, he's one of the most proficient defensive ends in K-State history with only in two years of being on this team. I personally don't think that he's even close to his ceiling yet, if he can stay healthy, of course. But, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, and myself included, you know, I really think that he does have pro potential. I don't know whether or not he would be more successful than a guy like Jordan Willis that we saw a few years ago that got into the league. But, I mean, what, what do you think? Where do you think that he can end up if he can stay healthy and productive over these next two years or whenever he decides to leave? Overall, I think you know, there's a lot of potential that is yet to be unleashed. You know, we're still young. And, and like we're talking about with some of these basketball players, they're young, they're raw, um, they still have a lot to, you know, uh, put out on the field, so I'm excited for him, and I, I think if we can have football, I know we'll talk about that here, but if we can have football, he's definitely going to be one of the best players, if not, I think, the best player here um, for K-State this year. I know you've got Justin Hughes, who we're high on at Go Power Cat. Um, Skyler's got to make a little bit of a big uh, a step forward from last year, um, but overall, you know, Hubert's going to be someone that I wouldn't want to face um, on the offensive end. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree totally with you there, and then Speaking of Josh Youngblood, just before the show here, he followed me back on Twitter. So shout out, shout out to Josh. Thank you so go. much for that. But he was announced as Phil Steele's 2020 preseason All-American uh, as a kick returner on that list. And, you know, he deserves it. I really, I really think he did. He does. Because he had, what, three three kick returns uh, pretty close to it. Because he had, what was it, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and I can't remember the other one. But Mississippi State, that was Knowles. Oh yeah, yeah, Knowles, Knowles, yeah, Knowles, yeah. I believe. But but still, but still. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely electrifying. A really, really fun guy to talk to a couple months back. But yeah, he's another one of these guys that you know his ceiling is just 
so, so much higher than what it is right now in my mind. I really think that, you know, not only will he be able to improve as a kick returner, but just as an all-around player as well. I think that he's going to be able to provide a lot more for this offense here next season. But yeah, I think I think not necessarily league potential yet. I still think that he has a little bit a little bit way to go. You know, he's still young. Yeah. He still has a little bit more to work on, but if he can stay healthy like, you know, like we said with Wyatt there, I really think that that he could make an impact not only in the Big 12, but, you know, in the NFL as well once we get around to that time whenever he decides to leave K-State. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he reminds you a lot of just, you know, Tyler Lockett, uh, Brandon Banks, Tremaine Thompson, Derek Morgan Sports, Burns you know. is a guy yeah, that comes exactly. to my mind, yeah. So, I mean, there's just a lot of similarities in those types of types of games that those guys play. So, certainly, I, I think Hubert, if we're going to compare both of them, I think Hubert's got the better ceiling. But uh, Youngblood is definitely, I mean, it's in his name, Youngblood. You know, what else do we need to say? So, <laughs> he's got a lot of potential as well. Nothing else to say there. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. We're going to take a quick break for some station identification. When we come back, we will be talking shortly a little bit. You know, the NFL has some stuff going on. Kansas schools are being delayed, so we're going to talk some Keisha there. But the big thing, the Washington Redskins are supposedly dropping a finger quote bombshell here in the next few days. Stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just now tuning in, this is Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, right here on Wildcat 91.9. Joined with me again by Ryan Gilbert, working with 24-7 Sports. Before the break, you know, I was I was talking about, you know, some NFL team. It's it's come out that, that a few teams here, the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Philadelphia Phillies, have all announced that they will not have any fans in the stands this upcoming season. Now, I want to... Uh, this doesn't surprise me. If it, it, I, I want to say that it frustrates me, but it really doesn't because I'm not surprised. You know, seeing how everything has transpired over the last, you know, few weeks and months and all that good stuff. I mean, obviously, I'm not happy about it, but I'm not surprised. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Ryan? I, I don't think we're going to have fans any sort of professional level until the vaccine is impl- implemented. So, uh, you know, obviously you can be optimistic and you can say, oh, what if the deaths go down? What if the cases go down? What if we get more treatments, whatever? Uh, I mean, we've had this since March where it's like, okay, just get through a few weeks, get through maybe a month and things will be a lot better and we'll go back to normal. It's it, There's been so much false hope and there's never really been any sort of resolution. Yeah, things opened up. But we're having to wear masks. We're having to do social distancing still. Um, you know, all this stuff. And I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying, you know, things are not normal at all. Um, and we were talking about this on the Go Power Cat podcast this morning. Um, but we were just talking and Fitz, you know, was saying that, hey, I think we're going to be in some really good shape in a month from now. I'm like, I would hope you're right. But it's just like, I don't know if I really want to get my hopes up because we've been told this so many times. Um you know, it's going to get better, and it just has not gotten better. So I think we can we can kiss fans goodbye till there's a vaccine. 
Um, I think we should have college sports. I think we should have every sport, if you ask me. Um, I have an internship. It's for the Mid-Plains League. I'm a baseball announcer um, doing play-by-play for the league, and there's no restrictions. There's, I mean, we were at the uh, the Bettis Complex in Topeka, I believe is what it was called. There was like six or seven fields. All of them were occupied, hundreds of fans and players um, at each of the field. And you can't tell me that that is any different than college football. That's just my opinion. I know football's got more contact. I know that it might spread a little easier with that. But you can't tell me that that's more dangerous than having hundreds of fans and players and coaches um, at these games for you know peewee leagues. I know the risk is um, very, very slim of even getting seriously ill from COVID at that age. I obviously understand the counter-argument to that is that, yeah, you could pass it on to someone who's older, but I, I just think there needs to be a double standard. If you're not going to allow college football or whatever, then, then actually shut down the country. So if you look at what's going on, around the country if you're an old person or a boomer and you genuinely think that people are being responsible and socially distancing and wearing the masks then you are wrong because people are they don't care about this thing so you need you need college football and if you don't have college football then why in the hell are we having any sort of sports anywhere in the country do you you know because i've i've talked with you know john kurtz in the past you know jesse urch you know i've been asking them about this do you think that you know, we're even going to have football at all in the fall or any sports, or do you think that it's going to be pushed into that spring semester? Well, I know that a lot of the coaches and players, athletic directors, are not fans of the whole spring idea. Um, I'm optimistic. I'm super optimistic. You know, if I was in charge, we're playing sports, obviously with, you know, the, the guidelines and stuff, you know, no matter what. But I don't know if we're going to have any, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we keep holding on, you know, it's, they, they, they come out with these statements that they're going to reduce fans and then they're going to reduce non-con and then now 20% capacity, all these things. It's just, okay, when are they going to put the nail in the coffin on the season is what I'm dreading. Will they do that? Who knows? Um, I really want some football, man. Um, we've got a very politicized world that we live in today and sports are one way to get away from that. You know, you're having a bad day at work, whatever it may be. You go sit on your couch and you watch some football, okay? You don't have to think about the bad things going on because there's certainly a lot of bad things going on. But I don't know. I, I wish I had some sort of inside scoop or anything like that. But <laughs> my optimism is telling me we'll at least get a conference schedule. But with the way things have been going now, I mean, you, you're not going to have football if you simply are – shutting down team activities when there's a positive case or numerous positive cases because that's going to happen, especially if we're in person at K-State or any other school in the country. If we're in person, those dudes got to go to class. And even if they're wearing a mask and being distanced from their classmates, somebody's going to catch it. And I know that a lot of them are probably going to not go out and party, but let's be real. They're 18 to 22-year-olds. They're going to go out to Aggieville. They're going to go out and party. So it's just it's around us. In my opinion, we need to learn to live with this thing. We need to play college football. Obviously, I'm not the one in charge, um, but I just don't see a real reason. I think liabilities, so lawsuits, I can understand that that is kind of a legitimate reason, but it's pretty clear unless you're in a hot spot like Houston or something, the healthcare system's not being overwhelmed. Um, so overall, I wish we have football, but every day it's like something is coming out where it's just looking less and less likely. You know, things were looking really bad in March. And then, what, April, May, I'd say May was probably, things were looking really good. Um, 
And then Kirk Herbstreit, boy, it looks like he might be right with this recent uptick in cases. And what frustrates me is the deaths are really not going up with those cases. So that's another reason for the pro football argument. But I'm not making the decisions. We'll wait and see what happens, man. We've got what two months until the season or month and a half now. So it's like 50 it's days, something up like on that. Us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got to get a decision coming out here soon. Um, I, I mean, I just we got to be grateful for whatever we can get if we can even get anything at all. So. Well, wait and see, man. I, you know, because, you know, other Kansas schools, you know, speaking more specifically to our region, you know, our governor announced that, you know, schools will not be opening, you know, K through 12 will not be opening until after Labor Day on, I believe, the 9th of August, I think it is. You know, what do you think that, you know, Keisha is going to have to, because, I mean, things are looking, you know, sketchy as always, but... (laughs) You know, things are looking really sketchy right now. You know, do you think that high school sport, because, I mean, you were talking about some of these recruits. I mean, this is obviously going to affect them, you know, yeah. for this upcoming year and whatnot and how and how they're able to not necessarily, you know, show off their talents, but, you know, be able to get themselves out there to try and get recruited and go, you know, into, into higher ed to be able to play, you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, just to, just to you know, keep honing their craft to try and become pro one day in that, in that 1%, in that 1%, sorry, you know, with, with schools already being delayed, it just scares me that, you know, sports themselves will also be delayed with that, you know, cause you push that back. Who knows if they'll limit whether or not you can have training camp or how long yeah, you can do. Yeah. Cause I know when I was in high school, we had two days, we had that sort of thing, you know, all the way going up, until the season started, the football season started. So my question to that is, you know, are they going to limit how many times you can practice during a week? Can they limit, you know, who can come to the practice or how many players you can have at a certain practice? You know, I'm just scared that, you know, we're going to lose everything. Essentially is is just my biggest fear. You know, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that at the, at the high school level, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really it really does scare me that, you know, we're just because of, you know, delays and all this other everything being delayed throughout the state of Kansas that we're just gonna end up losing it all anyways. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. It goes without saying. Even if you're not a sports fan, you know, I didn't play much in high school. Um, you know, I actually got cut from basketball and baseball, so shout out to me, right? Um but it goes without saying, you know, these guys going in, especially into their senior year or something like that, and you're trying to make it to the next level, you know, and, and get and, and make a life for yourself. You know, you, you come from a poor family. Um, you need that scholarship or something like that. You can't deny that. Now, obviously, if the risk of, of death or, you know, causing the spread is greater than I, that's an argument. But you can't argue that these guys need to play sports. Um, and I'm just fearful, you know, especially here in Kansas, that it's going to get pushed back. Um, you know, more and more until they decided to just cut it all together. Um, th- the biggest thing that I was kind of irritated with um, as far as the cancellations go, one of the reasons they stated was to, um, you know, prepare and adjust for this upcoming school year and get hand sanitizers and get, you know, online learning in place, get all these things ready um, for how this thing is going to look. And, I mean, we've had since March to start planning for this. I just don't get why there are, how they weren't prepared for something like this to happen. So I know that it's looking really bad right now as far as cases go. I get that. Um, 
and that's just my take. But overall, with the sports in Kansas, I mean, it's it's scary. You know, it's this is what just happened here with back in March. You know, things were shut down for you know just a couple weeks here, a month, and then boom, it goes to a few months. So who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you look back on the NBA. I think it was the MLB or the NBA. I think it was the MLB. And then there was the initial betting lines for when it would open up, and it was like May 5th or something like that. And obviously they had to take down that betting line because it was ridiculously, you know, wrong. But, you know, we didn't know anything at that time. But now we know that things are going to be shut down for a while. So it's frustrating for me. Um, Sorry, I've just kind of been ranting here with you, Colin. But (laughs) it's it's, it's frustrating for me. But in my opinion, I don't know, you can disagree with me all you want, but we need to live our normal lives. And there's going to be deaths. It's terrible. It's tragic. But take precautions. Wear a mask and, and do what you can do to try to try to um, lower the risk of infection. Not eliminate it, but just lower it. That's my opinion. Things are changing. Big big changes are 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 coming here in the near future. Speaking of changes, nice segue there. Good job, me. The Washington Redskins are are changing their name. They're 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 doing it. They said that you know they're going to make an announcement, and all this is happening very very soon, very soon. Of I you know something came out that said a fan had copyrighted forty four different names <laughs> that the team might be wanting to use here in the next few weeks. And in my mind, I I have two I have two thoughts going on in my mind with that is. That's that's a low ball move right there. But then at the same time, I'm like, this is ingenious because now if if Washington wants to use those names, they're gonna have to pay this guy. So I'm on both sides of the spectrum. But he's copyrighted 44 different names <laughs> that the team could use. So I took the liberty to try and help. The liberty, I like what you did there. Thank you. Yeah, I tried to take the liberty of coming up with a few different names that the the Washington whatever they might be might be able to use here in the new future and I'd love I'd love to get your take on this you know I, I just just a couple here so the first one here the these first two are going to be a little a little bit more on the serious side you know the Washington Red Tails I am a big fan of this name I I think it could really work they're already like logo designs graphic stuff coming out as long as it's not the guy that did the Ram stuff I think everything will be fine I think everything will be fine. It's it, they're saying that it's paying homage to the Tuskegee Airmen. I think that's great. I like the name. I like the design. I think that that could work really well. The next name that I think that could work really well is the Washington Redskin Potatoes. Now, with this, you 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 get rid of you know the Native American feel, and you just smack a potato right on the side of the helmet. You drop you drop the plural. You put the potato on there. I think everything works fine. I think it's great. Granted, food will never be a name that sports teams will use, which is very sad. But I think I think this is a golden opportunity to start that trend where we see more food team names popping up over the next few years. Now, the next one that I want to bring up is the Washington Warriors. Now, this is this is a legitimate one that people have been logo designing and, you know, seriously considering. My biggest problem with this is, yeah, you change your name to the Washington Warriors. What happens when Kevin Durant gets confused and he wants to trade again? He comes into Washington, takes up too much cap space, loses a bunch of money for the organization, gets injured, and then he just leaves the team again. What do you do there? 
Kevin Durant is an issue, and I don't like this name change. And that's that's the only reason why I wanted to bring it up. The next one, now these next two, that well, this next one, I have a one later on. These both come courtesy from Brandon Perna over at That's Good Sports. Fantastic guy, super funny. I just, you know, these are not my ideas. These are his, I want to say that, but I thought that they were too funny not to include. The first one being the Washington, George Washingtons. I think it's it just it it perfectly embodies where they are, what they stand for. I think it's perfect. They just take, you know, you can even take like a quarter and just throw a core a picture of a quarter right up on the helmets, and it's right there. The Washington George Washingtons. Next, the another one that, that I thought could work really well is just the DC Defenders. You know, from the XFL. You know, they went three and two. Had kind of a lackluster thing going on there. But now that the XFL is gone, they had to, you know, go through that whole issue of bankruptcy and everything else. You know, you already have the jerseys. You already have the name. You already have the logo. Why not just take that? The DC Defenders. At number at number three here, I have two more. Now, this next one comes from... Another one coming from Brandon Perna. Please go check out... That's good sports. He's absolutely hilarious. The Denzel Washingtons. Now, I think this is brilliant. Dan Snyder gets fired. Then you hire Denzel as the new owner, and he turns this whole thing around. The Denzel Washingtons put a picture of his face on the helmets. I think it's absolutely perfect. And now my number one pick. This is the one I'm most excited for, for the number one name change that the the Washington Redskins could change to here is the Washington Masseys. Now, the Masseys, you may be wondering, well, where do the Masseys come from? Well, if you remember correctly, back in the mid-2000s, there was a young man by the name of Kyle Massey who might be one of the most famous people to ever live in Washington, D.C., ever, as he played the role of Corey on his hit show, Corey in the House. Now, the Washington Masseys are just a beautiful homage to one of really the greatest shows of all time really so every time every time they walk onto the field they have a picture of of you know Corey in the house on the helmet they can ride it in the end zones whatever you want that is my number one pick the washington masseys to pay homage to kyle massey for his beautiful work in the stellar disney channel show Corey in the house those are my those are my top picks. I don't know what what you were thinking, Ryan. We talked a little bit about it before the show. I told you they were going to be dumb. I thought they were pretty funny, but man, if that does if I don't see the Washington Masseys in DC, I will start a riot in the fall. All right, I'll hold you to that. But I got, I got a few <laughs> critiques. First one. You said the Redskin Potatoes, right? Yeah, the Washington Redskin Potatoes. There's never been a food name. I mean, I'm not, I don't even know where my hamburger comes from, to be honest. But Bulls, Bucks, Bears, uh, Bills, we do, do we not eat any of those at all? Well, those, are, those are animals. Uh, we eat the, you eat the animals, right? Yeah, but they're still, they're still animals at that time. They're not food yet. But then they become food. They become so I food. I, I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna fact check you on that one. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's start a Twitter uh, war. We'll see what happens. Why not just name the Corys though for Corey in the house? The Masseys? I don't know. I like the Corys better. So you're you're hump you're you're ju- you're jumping on you're jumping on the train. I thought they were Baxters though. 
Am I wrong? That was that was his name. It was Corey Baxter. Yes, on the show. Okay, gotcha. I, in a serious on a serious note, I think that I saw this on Twitter somewhere. The Washington Monuments, I think, would be a pretty solid name to fit the DC. Uh, you know, kind of that mold. I think that'd be a solid name. But overall, I have not certainly spent as much time as you researching these names. But overall, I hope that they remain the Redskins. I know they're not, but. I would be happy with the monuments. I like the Corys better than the Masseys. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say that, Colin. No, that's fine. That's um, fine. I'll put I'll put a poll up on Twitter. We'll see what everybody <laughs> else says. The Washington Masseys, Baxters, Corey, and the Housers, whatever it is. I spent 15 minutes on this list, and I am very proud of it. Thank you all once again for tuning in to another episode of Settling the Score. I am your host, Colin Settle, along with Ryan Gilbert. Once again, thank you for coming on the show. Check him out, 24-7 Sports, the podcast. You know, you write all that good stuff. Fantastic. Go check him out. Thank you all once again for listening. You can check us out on Twitter at ScoreSettling. Follow me on Twitter at Colin Settle. Join the Facebook page at Settling the Score. That's all I got. Consider this score settled. We'll see you next time.